Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. Trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Golden. Yes. But, I, you know, I think there's some there's some kind of play on words you could use there when it comes to coffee yeah well strange brew coffee house is the gold standard there you go i don't know i don't know this holiday season if you've got a coffee lover in your life go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order strange brew coffee to deliver right to your door and of course they have a lot of other great stuff there their hot chocolate is some of the best you'll ever have it's outstanding and it's great this holiday season nothing better on christmas eve than a big uh cup of hot chocolate the night before christmas and a roaring fire I mean that that's the holidays. I just I just gave you the holidays. So go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. We talked about it yesterday. Their Black Friday specials are going to be fantastic. It is a beat the clock and it is in store only, but from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. all apparel sales 40% off, 25% off 9 a.m. to 11 and then 10% off 11 a.m. to close. At 7 p.m. In store only, up on apparel only, but that's some great deals to be had at College Corner. Those two locations, they're in Jackson, over by they're in Ridgeland, over by Fleet Feet, or they're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And if you can't make it to the Black Friday sale, you can always just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. The best lunch in town is at Restaurant Tyler. I've said it. That's the place I, you know, if, if, if somebody says, hey, Dad, where do you want to go get lunch today? And I get to pick. And it's my pick. I'm picking Restaurant Tyler almost nine times out of ten. They just have the best blue plate in town, including what we have determined, Robbie and I, we like to call the Charles Cross special. You get the fried catfish, but you get an extra piece of catfish. You you tell tell your waitress, I want an extra piece of catfish, and then your sides. And if that don't sound good, I don't know what to tell you. And if they say, which they will, is crawfish sauce okay? It's always okay. Always. It's always okay. Love the fried catfish, the fried chicken, the fried pork chops. Maybe there's a theme here with the fried. I don't know. And, of course, the crawfish dip. That's one of the best appetizers in the town. And for a guy who's not a huge vegetable guy, the barbecue okra, I've never understood how a vegetable could taste so much like bacon, but they pull it off at Restaurant Tyler. Downtown on the corner of Maine and Washington. You know the place. It's Restaurant Tyler. Uh, Firehouse Subs over in uh, over here in Starkville. Of course, locations in Starkville, Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, and Madison. Great place to go grab lunch. But a great place this holiday season, if you're looking to bring something different to the Christmas party, is to go grab a Firehouse Subs party platter. Great deals on those at all these locations. And it's just a great 
alternative to the, uh, you know, the punch and pie. Punch and pie? That you get at a lot of uh, a lot of Christmas parties. Go pick up a Firehouse Subs party platter this holiday season. Everybody will be happy to see that. And of course, if you're looking to grab a quick and a delicious lunch, Firehouse Subs, download the app, pick up your sandwich, and pick up a lot of reward points. You can do it all with Firehouse Subs. No news. You know, this is one of those things where we, uh, you know, we record, we record, you know, not late at night, but we, you know, we were finished up around nine o'clock last night. And so, you know, it's, it's a little bit after it's almost one now, uh, in the afternoon on Tuesday, nothing really has happened in the, uh, the Lane Kiffin saga over there in, in Oxford, other than, I'll just say this, and, and you know, our friend John, he's taken a, a beating on Twitter. A lot of Ole Miss fans are coming after him. Here's what Lane Kiffin has said. He said that, you know, John is going to WLOX down there on the coast, and he said that things were news to him, and he used a bunch of emojis. But what he hasn't said is, hey, I'm staying at Ole Miss. What he hasn't done <laughs> is sign the contract extension he was offered last week, according to Richard Cross of Sports Talk Mississippi. Which Those speaks been- volumes. Those are the things that haven't been done. So John's playing well, that, a long game here, but he's going to end up being right on this. I would be, I would be, a, I'd be really surprised if he's not correct. Because, like I said, the the fact that he has not signed a contract yet speaks volumes to me. And the tweet yesterday, I just got to say, the tweet yesterday from Mike Espy was laughable about this this pro mindset give me a freaking break about the I'm, pro I'm mindset just glad. from Lane Kiffin I'm just glad that Mike Espy was able to take time out of his busy day convincing players to transfer to Ole Miss only to ruin their college career in doing so and can we and can we please stop with like where does his allegiance lie we know where his allegiance lies oh, his he's allegiance not this he's not place. this down the middle trainer okay no, no. there there's definitely there's definitely some ties to Ole Miss, obviously. Yeah. But there is no pro mindset from Lane Kiffin. The way he reacted to that yesterday was the opposite of a pro mindset. You don't have a pro mindset and create this fake uh, piece of paper that's basically making fun of John. And th- I think he retweeted or quote tweeted the meme of uh, the guy sitting in front of the grave. Uh, like John yeah. Sokolov's career, he just buried his own career. He retweeted that. You're part. You're te- you're making it personal on a guy who's just trying to do his job. There was nothing in that report from John that was that I felt like was um, mean spirited or he had some kind of agenda around that. John's mm-hmm. just trying to be the first to break the news. I mean, I I have no clue who John's source is on that, but I can be pretty sure that he did his due diligence on it and he feels confident posting that. I I haven't heard that there's anything official on this. And I don't think there's anything official, but if John reported that I've got to believe that he talked to someone that's made him feel pretty good about coming out there with it. So there was nothing behind that that was personal with John. So I, I guess I just didn't understand the way that Kiffin reacted to that, but he had a right to react that way. At the same time, let's stop calling this a pro mindset. The way that he's handled this entire situation is not a pro mindset. He hasn't been. He hasn't focused on just the game. He's he's chosen to um, interact with these with 
tweets like this about his job in the middle of game week. So, no, he's not handling this like a pro. Lest we forget that we put about pro mindset. In the pros, you can't talk, you can't approach coaches during the season. Like if no. if this if the Saints want to fire Dennis Allen and go hire Mike Tomlin, they can't hot talk to Mike Tomlin until Mike Tomlin's season's over. And it certainly isn't going to get leaked out like this. Pro mindset is just that's just Mike Espy's way of saying. I'm butthurt, which is a word I hate to use. I can't stand that word, but I'm butthurt that Lane is leaving, but I'm going to try to make the best of it and put on a brave face. For the I next can't wait to see days. how some of these people react if Kiffin does, in fact, leave. It's gonna be, they're going to turn be on him just bad. like they did Hugh Freeze. Some, call call, it. some are turning on him already. And we we knew this was going to happen. That's the thing. Like If you, if you w- put a blindfold – and earmuffs on yourself when Lane Kiffin was hired and didn't think any of this was happening, then you're just naive. This is who he has been this entire time. Anybody that thought, well, he's grown up, he's different now. Yeah. You're an idiot. You, you're an idiot. This is Lane Kiffin. This is what you're going to get until the end of time. So he, all that to he say, I, I think this is broken. He's broken people. Like they, they, they got all fans insane. talking about how much better their program is than Auburn. And like when Mullen went to Florida, we were all like, all right, it's Florida. You know, even if he had gone to Tennessee, I'd have been like, oh, it's Tennessee. But you had all Miss fans trying to like legitimize the idea that their program is better than Auburn. Auburn has played in what six SEC championship games, won a national title, and played for another one in recent memory. It's really, it's really crazy the difference between these two fan bases, because I feel like state fans are incredibly like tuned in for the most part on kind of who they are, and to a fault a lot of times, state fans are waiting for something bad to happen. They're they a lot of people don't believe that state can accomplish certain things, mm-hmm. and then you have the old Miss fans who are living in the twilight zone more often than not. They believe we're hearing that they have the same amount of money that Auburn has. Mm. Uh, they have that they've accomplished the same amount of things that Auburn has, um, except for the little thing that is multiple SEC West championships and two trips to the national title. But other in the last uh, twelve years, but other than that, I mean, right there with Auburn, and the fact that of course Auburn is winning most of their ball games against Ole Miss on a regular basis. But uh, other than that, I mean, they they are very close. Uh, but th- that's what you're that's what you're dealing with here. I mean, you're dealing with people that don't live in reality, and now reality is coming to the forefront. And it's it's like what we've talked about before. You know, Yancey Porter used to report things that you know are going to be wrong in the end, but to to keep people happy and um, and things like that, you still report those things. And at the end of the day, when it doesn't happen, when you have something like Cam Akers, you have people that are recruiting writers that decide all of a sudden. They don't want to cover recruiting anymore because they were lied to and uh, people start attacking other players and their parents and things like that. And you have former uh, recruiting assistants going out there and making up things about uh, <laughs> recruitments. Just hypothetical. Not it w- That wouldn't be anybody that perhaps might work at a car dealership or anything right now. But just, it, just say there's someone that might be like that. Right. That would go out there and just make up something that happened in a recruitment that didn't happen. Um, It's kind of like, you know, if somebody came out and started to try to blackmail a coach 
um, and and threaten the coach of you know things that you might know if you leave, this stuff might get released. Mm-hmm. Even though they I, don't have anything, Robbie, you're just talking nonsense. Just, I'm sorry, I'm just like just, just I'm, making I'm, things up at this point. I'm just kind of blacking out right now. I guess it's Egg Bowl, Egg Bowl week or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of people that just are not in reality. And now the reality is coming to fruition that Lane Kiffin is looking for another job. He's talking behind the scenes to another school. It's very likely that he goes to that school at the end of the week, and it's uh, it's hitting pretty hard. Yeah, that is what it is. So, All right. Sorry, well, sorry uh, about that. I, I just... You blacked ooh. out for a second. There. It's, it's like Bluto's speech in Animal House. Like, he's rolling. Just let him go. <laughs> All right. So, for today's edition of the Rumblings, we, 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 we told you guys that we wanted to do it a little different. We wanted, instead of questions, we wanted to relive some great Egg Bowl moments. Uh, and memories from you guys. So the stuff that you guys sent us is what we're going to jump right into here. Uh, everybody's favorite egg bowl. I said if you had some video or some some pictures or something you wanted to include, by all means do so. Uh, so here we go. Brian McDuff starts off and says, my favorite egg bowl is 1998. My wife's is not. <laughs> it's not because his wife is an Ole Miss fan. I know the story. This is one I don't know if I can tell on the air. So if, if McDuff gives me the permission... I'll why would he? Why would he tweet that to you? Is he think he's tempting me? I, I, here's what I'll do. I'm going to text him, and right you can now. come back. You can come, come back, back to it. Let me yeah. text him, Robbie. You just need to vamp a little bit here because now I want to. Now I want to hear this. this. This was the Egg Bowl that that clinched the SEC West for Mississippi State. Correct. A lot of people forget that that Arkansas game was just to get them a to kind of put them in the driver's seat for the SEC West. They did not win the SEC West. That's correct. They had to win the Egg Bowl. So they went to Ole Miss, and the defense was just flat dominant in that ball game, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I think three Tim, Nelson, I think. Yeah. Tim Nelson had a pick six. Was that yeah. right? Was that yes. Tim Nelson? No, no. Uh, uh, Tim Nelson, yeah, pick six, yes. Yeah, so you know, it was just kind of a dominant game. State oh. controlled it. He said yes. Oh, yes. So, McTuff. Got really hammered before the game started, uh, and this his wife, who was they were not even I don't think they were even dating at the time. She was just a friend of ours, right? She was a friend of our friend group, and so we're walking to the game. We're walking through the Grove and headed to Vaught Hemingway, and McDuff just throws up on her. Oh my God! On her. Not not everywhere, but just got her on her leg, right? Was he? Were they married? No, or? they weren't even dating at the time. Oh, well, obviously he did something he to back. endure himself. He bounced back. I'll give him that. But yes, so he, you know, a little. I've told him I was like, look, if I knew we were going to win the game, I'd let you puke on her every game. <laughs> just, just, you know, it's, take one for the team, Holly. Jeez. So that's why. I, I said to him, I was like, am I allowed to explain why she doesn't like the 98 Egg Bowl? And he just said back, yup. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. It's true. He's, he's a good point. He's like, we joke about it all the time. Whenever we're losing a game, you're like, McDuff, throw up on her. So, <laughs> it's, Hurry up. Uh, hurry up. Get a finger down your throat. Uh, the Clark County Dog says, remember the time Corey Broomfield picked off Jevin Sneed? May he rest in peace. And took it all the way to clinch the 2009 Egg Bowl. Seven-year-old me went nuts. 
seven years old. Seven years old when that happened. Gosh, I was. Oh my god! I would have been uh, uh I was thirty-four. A, I was a sophomore, junior in college. Yeah. Oh, y'all can go to hell. Uh, Carter Bentley says after 29, 2019, a lot of jumping around and the bench didn't survive. Let's watch this video. Let's see if we can get it over the air here. Apologies for any language. Oh, he, he went through a bench. Oh no. His leg went through the bench. My goodness. Great. Oh my God. Are Pretty those rough. metal? I guess I hope it was wooden. I There's no way he stomp through a metal bench. Not like that. No, no. He's lucky to didn't lose a leg. Goodness. Jeez. Winston Kimmel says, 2016, my last semester at State, one of my best friends got Egg Bowl tickets for him and his girlfriend, only to break up with him days before the game. I took her Ooh. ticket. We ended up sitting with my cousin in a suite. It was pretty sweet. That, 2016 is my favorite Egg Bowl. There's obviously been some ones that had more meaning and things like that, but... Just going up there and pounding Ole Miss and winning by five touchdowns and then getting that Cedric Giles interception there at the end just to really rub the salt into the wound. How can you not love that? I mean, you, you kind of kept like waiting for Ole Miss to yeah. get things going. It just never happened. I'll tell you that game. The state was up uh, like 20 to 7 or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact score. And they forced a punt. And Ole Miss faked the punt and got the first down, and then they they scored a couple of touchdowns. Maybe it was twenty-seven to seven. Or, or yeah, they, they cut it to like a touchdown before yeah. the half. And and I've always thought like if they don't get the fake punt there, if State was able to snuff that out, State might have won like fifty-five to ten. It might have been one of the worst beatings ever. But that it was just crazy. It. Like the they could not stop Mississippi State from running the read option. No, and then like every now and then, state would just like would throw a pass, and there'd be somebody wide open. Mm -hmm. It was just a disaster game for Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Never, you know, that was Hugh Freeze's last game at Ole Miss. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to believe that. Hard to believe that that was the last one. Yeah, but the the thing I remember about that game the most, I've said it before, but you know, I was covering a basketball game that night, high school basketball. I couldn't go. That's mm-hmm. the one egg bowl I've missed. I think you should stay away like of all from years. all of them. Then. Yeah. So uh, I was driving to the game in the fourth quarter, and I was listening to Ole Miss's broadcast. Oh no! Because I just I wanted to hear Tilarity and uh, watch the world burn. And David Kellum <clears throat> was just—I mean, he his mic might as well have been off. <laughs> He's—he sounded like he was calling golf. So. They throw, an inter- they throw that pick six to Cedric Giles, and he was like, and uh, here's an interception. And there goes Cedric Giles going down the sideline, and good for him. He's going to score a touchdown, and Mississippi State's up 55-20 to 20, or whatever the score was. And I was like, did he just say it was a pick six? Like, yeah. I-, I couldn't even tell it was an interception, much <laughs> less a pick six. I thought he was just talking about, you know, like the, you know, the weather's nice today or something. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right, who we got next here? Uh, Zachary Cooey says, 2007 Egg Bowl. It's the only game my dad, brother, and I all got to attend together. On top of it being a great comeback to end a special year after many bad ones, my brother is no longer with us, so I will certainly, will certainly remain my favorite memory forever. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Noah Mashburn says, if you look closely at this video, Nick Fitz's leg is pointing in the wrong direction in the background, but it didn't stop my man from absolutely cooking. 
Shout out to him. So this guy, while Fitzgerald's getting attended to, is making out with some girl in the stands. Wow. That's a that's pretty morbid when you get right down to it. I won't lie. <laughs> like I hope well, I hope that's not what turned her on, you know? Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh Clay Taylor, we were on a 14 month wait for a placement on an adopt child, adopted child. Little did we know at the 2013 Egg Bowl, he was two days old at UMMC. Found out the next week, and he hasn't missed very many games since then. Us after the win in 2013 and him this season with Nathan Pickering. So that's a good story. That kid, by the way, look at that kid and tell me that kid doesn't look like Joel Coleman. <laughs> that picture of Joel with, with Ric Flair yes. at the Braves game or whatever that yeah, yeah. when he was like a kid, that's yeah. him. It, I mean, it looks just like him. So congrats. That's a good one. Rob Hadaway has a picture of me and him from that twenty that aforementioned 2016 Egg Bowl, but he wants to hear the story from the six-pack speak lexicon regarding the big bad rebel daddy and the 1998 Egg Bowl. So it's the 96 Egg Bowl is, is the, uh, the this story. So this is around the time that you could first take I-55 all the way from Jackson to, to get to Batesville and then head over to Oxford, right? Like they had just merge the highways or whatever. So we're driving up and we pass the Vaden exit, right? So if you're going up, if you've gone up 55 enough, you know, you go to Vaden, there's the exit there. And then it's like nine miles to the next exit, which is Winona. Yes. Which is where you could turn off to go to state. But we're going, this, mm-hmm. this game was in Oxford. So we're driving and at the Vaden exit, we pass a car on the side of the road with a couple there. <clears throat> As we pass... We see, we get a glimpse of what the couple look like, and we're like, that is, we think that that might be Brian McDuff's sister and his brother in law, who are the parents of our, our, our uh, companion, uh, Elizabeth King. Yeah. So we're like, was that them? Was that them? And we're like, nah, it wasn't them. It's not like we could turn around anyway. The next exit is nine miles away. So we just keep driving on up to Oxford, right? So the game happens, 17-0 Mississippi State. Great day for the Bulldogs on my 21st birthday. And so after the game, we go find McDuff. He was not sitting with us. And we're like, hey, what's up? He's like, oh, man, this is great. But I haven't heard from uh, from Mike and Tiffany. I don't know where they are. They were supposed to meet me at the game today. And at that point, me and the Nelson brothers just look at each other and go, we think we know where they are. <laughs> and we were right. They had gone off the side of the road and... <laughs> We just drove right past them and left them there on the side of the road. They like their car broke down. No, like they it was t- pouring down rain that day. I think they had like a, a they they swerved off the road. Are they wrecked? They wrecked. Yes. <laughs> I just left them there. Yes, we did. We didn't know. We've for gone sure too that far. We've gone too far. Hey, again, I would leave him on the side of the road before every game if I knew <laughs> that we were that was going to get to a win. So. That that was a that was a muddy egg bowl, very muddy, very muddy, and state dominated that day. It was fun. All right, uh, Tyler Nelson, definitely he he picked a loss here. Why are we doing this, Tyler? Definitely not my favorite. But a day before the 2012 egg bowl, I came down with 24 hour stomach flu. On game day, I was 100 percent and drove to Oxford with my wife, my brother, and my brother's 17ing. We all know what that means. Annoying Ole Miss significant other. It started out okay, but then after Moncrief's second touchdown to go up 26-17, we all knew where it was heading. 
Brother's lady friend kept screaming, feed Moncrief! Mm. And waving her pom-pom in our face. After the Ole Miss's next touchdown, my brother gave me the look. We had to get out of the vault. I discreetly ate a mouthful of stadium pizza, sipped on red Powerade, and let it sit in my mouth. After a minute, I started acting queasy and barfed in his in the wife's stadium cup. Brother's lady friend was pissed we had to leave, but the rest of us missed sitting through the humiliation of that final quarter and seeing all this care. So he made himself throw up so they could get out of the stadium. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. That same that, game, have I ever told you the story of of me leaving that game and the bus or the cab? I think you have, but you might as well go back through right. it. So we're sort of in the same situation. When, when it becomes obvious that Ole Miss is going to win, we're like, uh-uh, we're not sticking around for this. So we go out, and uh, we had we tried – our hotel had a shuttle, and they were like, yeah, just call us. We'll come pick you up. But they're not picking up. They're not even picking up the phone. So – we find like a, a one of those cabs. It's a van. Just sort of hanging around like, hey, can you take us to the Hampton Inn? They're like, yeah, sure. Get in. So we get in and the guy's like, we have to wait here for a minute. We uh, I, I took a call from a, from a handicapped person who said that they we they were coming and we I agreed to wait on them. We're like, yeah, sure. That's no problem. So we had a couple minutes. I mean, I could hear all the cheering. And I was like, God, I want to get out of here so bad. So we see somebody like walking on crutches, right? And I'm like, hey, is that our guy? It's like, no, I don't think that that's him. This guy said he had Crohn's disease. <laughs> and one of my friends goes, that's that's not a handicap. <laughs> and he's like, I, I know, I know, but I, I told the guy I'd wait. Wait a couple more minutes, and I think something happens. And so all the Ole Miss fans are going crazy <clears throat> in there. And the same guy just goes, I'll give you $50 to leave right now. Let's go. <laughs> and off we went. <laughs> Crohn's disease. <laughs> the guy turned so quick when we said there was an extra 50 in it for you if you just keep going now. So, anyway. Oh, yeah, Crohn's disease. All right. Uh, Ford Polk says, I think my most memorable one was the 2010 Egg Bowl. My friend and I were seniors in high school and took the trip up to Oxford, walked like four miles to the game, and sat dead center at all the state fans. I remember it was blistering cold that game, too, but I'll never forget Arcedo Clark absolutely demolishing Jeremy McGee over the middle on a screen pass to Perkins. My friend and I both saw it coming, and I was so pumped I forgot to watch the rest of the play. I was like, oh, wait, did he score? He did not score on that play. No, you can't do that anymore. No, that would have been totally illegal. But that now. was – but that was uh, – that was. I'm sort of with Ford on this, though, that as Perkins catches the ball, I sort of scan downfield, and I saw Clark peeling back. And my and Russ Nelson, my buddy, was sitting right next to me. I grabbed him, and I was like, "Oh, here it comes!" And he saw it too. Yeah, he's a coach, so he's he knows how to, to look at the field. And he sees, he's like, "Oh!" <laughs> as soon as he hit him, the whole stadium was like, "Ooh!" Yeah, and that was that was rough. I was laughing really hard. I was sad he didn't score on that play. Jeremiah uh, Masoli, yeah, back for the uh, the Rebels. that Ole Miss team should have gone winless. Yeah, was the only reason they won four games. Uh, they, that, that year they lost at Jacksonville State. They did. Also from Ford, honorable mention is 07. The kid sitting behind us was a state fan, but apparently didn't understand superstitions yet. Carlson lines up to kick the game with her, and he's like, gosh, I hope he doesn't miss this. He missed like five this year. His dad and grandfather both turned and said, shut up so fast. <laughs> shut up, kid. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Shut your mouth. 
God, to your mom's child, Jesus Louise, your little brat. Double A Andy Atkinson's the first time to go to Oxford for a game was 1992. We get to our sections, but we can't find our seats. There were no numbers on the rows. Asked a fellow state fan how he found his. He said he counted the rows to find his seats. What a dump. I remember in 2002, mm-hmm. I think, that was my first trip to um, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. We sat in the end zone, and the the seats were like inches apart. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. T- like two inches apart. And um, I remember specifically in that game, they were they. This was when they were like starting to really crack down on the, the flags and like the sticks. You know, like having a stick on the flag or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, somebody had a state flag with a stick, and the, I think the the cops came and confiscated that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was my first trip. It was not a good ball game for Mississippi State. No. Uh, we'll do one more for the break here. Rob Montgomery, the 2018 Egg Bowl win is the first Egg Bowl that comes to mind. It was the last college football game uh, Daniel Montgomery and I got to watch with our grandma. She and our grandfather were the ones who got us hooked on sports at such a young age, particularly SEC football. Well, that's good. That's a good That's a good memory to have. Got time for one more before we go to the break here because Andy Atkinson had a follow-up. Another great Egg Bowl memory is the time that Alex McDaniel invited me to do her tailgate but neglected to give detailed directions on how to find it Wandering around the Grove is not my list on my list of favorite things to do. I get that. Alex McDaniel once told me she was going to bake me a caramel pie. Did I get the caramel pie? I did not. Well, you can't trust them. You really can't. Yeah. But when she's like, hey, can you help me do something? Who delivered, huh? Who showed up? Who got the job done? That's it is true. And I hope she's listening. Well, you know, last year she was good on our promise and sat in the student section with you. So because I made that happen. Yeah, but at least she followed through. You're right. I was nervous Just up saying. until the final moment. It's like, she's not going to show. But she did. I'll give her credit. All right. She also helped me move my car. Well, she didn't really do I mean, she just drove. But when we got stuck in the mud in the media parking lot after the game. All right. Let's uh, move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who reminded that it's still time, just a few days left to vote for your favorite steakhouse and burger joint in the state of Mississippi. Just go to msbeef.org and place your vote there. It's a quick little survey. take you a couple of minutes, and the restaurants that you love can get the, the publicity that they deserve. So place your vote now. And, of course, you know, once this, this week's about the, the, the white meat. It's about the turkey. Once we get past this, though, we're back to steaks and burgers. We're back to chili. We're back to beef stew warming ourselves up. We're buying beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's also the place you'll find Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk pretty often. You know, you, you got better than like a 30% chance if you go eat there to running into one of us. And probably yes, like 15% chance of that we're both there. So, Check it out. Next time you're in Starville, grab some smoked wings, grab a couple of tacos, grab a great sandwich, grab some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service is what every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you and has for 47 years. By the way, I'm only a couple of months away now from saying 48 years. 
That's that's what we're talking about with advantage businesses. They just keep on keeping on. They keep on taking care of their customers. When you need printers, copiers, computers, laptops, whatever it is, you call advantage business systems. And then when you need service on those on those items, you get to talk to the same guy who made you the sale. No out of state consultants, no overseas call center, just somebody here in the state of Mississippi who wants to talk to you and wants to take care of you every single time. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. And there's a lot of specials at the Rogue for Black Friday, a lot. So I'm just going to leave it at this. I'm going to give you the, the, the two big ones, and then the other stuff you can find out for yourself when you get there. They have got great specials, and you can save a ton of money if you shop at the Rogue this Black Friday. But $50 off any purchase of over $200. That's a great deal there. And then all of their collegiate collection stuff, all their great polos and quarter zips that I've been talking about for the past few months, they're 15% off the top. So great deals and great quality products that you come to know from the Rogue, one of the the Southeast's premier men's clothing store. They've got the stuff you want. They've got the great-looking polos, the great-looking quarter zips, the logos that we keep talking about that MSU fans have said, that's what we want. They've got them at the Rogue. Uh, Stephen Norris says, the 2013 bow fumble was my senior year, and it was the only time I've ever kissed another man on the side oh. of the face. Then I did the same to my future wife a lot. Well, there you go. Okay, you got to make up for that there. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Montgomery says, 2013 might be my favorite, but 2019 stands out. It was my first season working the games when I was on the field at the end of the game in the opposite end zone from the shenanigans. Very hard to stay professional and composed, but worth it. I was on the field for 2013 and 2019 endings. Well, there you go. That was, that two was of pretty the craziest wild. Ones. Uh, Jackson, favorite Egg Bowl memory for me has to be witnessing the piss and the miss. It's, we're calling, it's still urination simulation. Come on, guys. Live from the student section, the best part was watching the reaction of the drunk Ole Miss frat boy right near us who had been running his mouth the whole game. Did not enjoy getting showered with beer and whiskey in my brand-new jacket right after the play, though. You should never wear brand-new clothes to a uh, an egg bowl. Chances are no. you might get some whiskey or some beer thrown on you. No, just wear uh, regular old clothes. Yeah. Uh, Jay in Baltimore says, The wife and kids have only called Maryland home, but they know dad is a Mississippi boy and a diehard dog. My oldest is a big sports fan, and she loves MSU, so it was heaven taking her to her first Egg Bowl, and the piss and the mist just made the night even more special. There you go. Uh, good Lord, is this a thread here? Hold on a second. Uh, I got another one from Andy Atkinson who says, My dad was the mail carrier back home. There is a general store along his route that he stopped at every day. A few older gentlemen were always there. They were Ole Miss fans. When Ole Miss would win, they would ask my dad about the game for a week. When State would win, it would be a week before my dad would see them. When he did see them, he would ask them what they thought of the game. I don't want to talk about it was always the response. I believe that. I believe that. I think that happens for everyone. I agree. Uh, Let's see here. Scott Ming says, Scott, you asked questions, Scott. Come on. Scott just asked questions. He's He's not even listening. You're not listening, Scott. That's that, that hurts. It hurts when we 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 you know we do that. There's an egg bowl question in there. Yeah, but it, I said we weren't answering questions. So. Yeah, but I, I would like to know what the, the answer is to number one. Number one. How hard was it for Nick Fitzgerald to hold back on Monday's radio show on the 2017 egg bowl injury with Richard doing a little baiting? I don't think it, I don't think it was much of anything. I mean, because Richard just sort of asked like 
what what you know, do you remember the, the the good times or the bad times more kind of question and so and these questions are not really questions he's he's actually following your rules here he's Isn't mentioned it? he's the first mentioned thing was a question but the second one is all right all right all right I'll and so read. was the third one you need to calm down you need to calm down. You're the one that's getting upset for, about something that's telling you right very now, trivial. Right now, your mind isn't right. You need to get your mind right. My get mind's right. plenty right. Do you not remember no, no, the first look, five look, look, minutes look of the, the show? Way you're reacting. Look at the way you're reacting. That, if anything, that would suggest that my mind's right. Mm. You're taking you're taking it out on me. I'm not, shut I'm, your I'm, mouth. I'm not the enemy. You shut your mouth, hey dad. All right, here we go. The most recent one I have is after the piss and miss and Bulldog, BSR recording the Rebel Report. In a closet at like 3 a.m. in a complete what the hell does that? I think he went back up to the MSU press box and recorded that. So because BSR in this case is Brian Scott Rippey, not Bulldog Sports Radio. I had to reread that like twice. So uh, also Joe Moorhead, love him or not, getting pulled off the field because he was about to go full WWE or AEW on on Ole Miss's administration and staff. I think he was ready to do the power bomb, the spear, or even the people's elbow. Moorhead was not happy at the end of the 2018. He was not. I was standing right there. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Bowlware, my favorite Egg Bowl memory has to be watching the 2013 Egg Bowl on TV with my cousins when my dad and the adults watched in the next room over a faster TV. Needless to say, chaos when my, happened when my dad yelled out, ball on this play. And of course it is Bro Wallace coughing it up. It really was incredible when you think about it because it, it was just like he had a touchdown. Yeah. And during Even that if he moment, doesn't score, it's going to be first and goal. During that moment, you're thinking, okay, well, I mean, this is just going to be this is going to be six overtimes. Yeah, and then that happened, and uh-huh. ball game just like that, just like that. It's the finality of overtime. Sometimes is like you know, if you get a, a game winning play at the end of the game, it's you know, you understand, right? It's like you've played the whole game and the clock right now. Like sometimes it takes you a second to realize that when you know when when that fumble fell into the end zone and state recovered it, the game's over. It's like what's crazy is the week before, I think it was the week before when uh, State was playing at Arkansas. Then Tavez Calhoun have an interception in the mm-hmm. game. Same thing. So two weeks in a row, they had turnovers on defense to end the game. Mm-hmm. Really kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Patrick Williamson wants to know our first Egg Bowl experiences. His was 03, cold, wet, and Eli Manning was straight up not having a good time. What was your first egg ball? It was 99, wasn't it? 97. 97. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Not a great memory of, uh, well, I mean, in, in my opinion, it was worse than that 03 one because of how it ended. I was at the 03 game as well, mm-hmm. and it was like, what, 31 to nothing or mm-hmm. something like that? Yeah, yeah, bad. It was, it was pretty bad. But we stayed into the final second. Yeah, me too. Uh, my first was 85. Ole Miss Blue stayed out. It was like 45-27. So I don't have a whole ton of memories of that game. I don't I don't I never went to a, an egg bowl in Jackson. Oh, uh, before I went to I went 85 and then I went back. I went was there 88, 89, 90 were the ones I went to. All right. Uh let's see here. Tucker Medlin, 2019 was my first egg bowl sitting in the band. Got some young listeners. Where are the older folks here? 2019 was my first Egg Bowl. Sitting in the band, it was hard to see if the PAT was good or wide right, but the cheers from the student section let us know. I have friends who swear they saw a trumpet fly through the air when the kick was missed. Be careful with those things. They're expensive. The, one of the craziest things, thinking back on that, was 
uh, Jerry and Jones like running over to the bench to taunt yeah. Ole Miss. And then a few like months three later, month, he's three to months later, he's he's going to Oxford, hanging out with Terrell Buckley. And, yeah, I wonder uh, who I wonder who orchestrated that. Who anyway, would know? Mo- moving forward, I'm sure they deserve an award. What what what, what do they call the awards for sports? ESPN what? gives them out. What do they call them? ESPYS. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Brad McWhorter says the 2007 Egg Bowl. 16 year old me was on the west side of the stadium. Everyone I left with left. Everyone I was with left early in the fourth, thinking all was lost. I witnessed the Derek Pegues punt return in person while my friends watched it on TV in the junction. Glad I stayed. You're not alone in leaving that one early. Those those people. Uh, some, I left that one early too. Some other people left it early too. Yeah. Gil Manclang says, 2016 Egg Bowl, small detail. We had the Tui's box seats. Oh, my Lord. We have shared acquaintances, and they happen to be at Sean Jr.'s football game at SMU. Free drinks, a belated Thanksgiving meal, and a climate-controlled room and a dog win. Yes, please. And you got some some good pictures there, too. Was so, there Taco Bell up there? I don't know. If you I mean if we can just if I could somehow zoom in on this crowd shot, uh, I'm up there on the final row. Of uh of section S in Vaught Hemingway Stadium. So uh let's see here. What is this? What is it? hold on? Let's see what this is. Oh no. Uh walking bully. Walk being at the 2016 battle for the golden egg and watching the stadium empty out. The fact that a victory, much less a dominant victory, was not expected, but made it even sweeter. Plus, I got state into a bowl. It placed us ahead of Ole Miss in the West and was the end for Shea Patterson. It was also the end for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. really wild. Ryan Nelson says, I would like to hear Hayved's favorite memory of me in an egg bowl. Also, please tell your listeners about the 2000 game with the bourbon toss. Uh, that might be my favorite memory of you, Ryan, at the egg bowl. You got you got it done that day. Um, I don't remember if Ryan had ever gotten to like get, got into it with an Ole Miss fan or anything like that. I don't recall. 2000 egg bowl. Ryan and another friend of ours are going to walk in and they've each got a flask of bourbon, right? And the first guy walks in. Oh, I'm sorry, no, Ryan walks in and they take the, the, the you know, Cobra security very thorough in the padding down of the Mississippi State fans. I think some of them still owe me dinner. Did, didn't want a cowbell getting in there. Right. Well, they get the bourbon, they get one of the flasks. Oh. So now Ryan's looking back. He goes, What should we do? And our other friend just says, Go deep. And so he Ryan takes off running. He pulls the flask out and throws it into the crowd. Ryan runs up underneath it like Eric Molds and goes into the crowd. And we got the bourbon in. That's outstanding. Yeah, good stuff. That's not my favorite Cobra security story, but it, but it's up there. Have I told you the one about the, the 2004 Egg Bowl and the blind guy? Yes. Okay. All right. That's. I mean, you can tell it now. Oh, you have, you have a platform. I mean, I'll tell it. All right. So I think I've told the story. I may have told it before, but I'll tell it again. Oh, four. We're sitting there in line as Cobra security is, you know, waiting to manhandle our genitals and in there's in their never ending search for cowbells. And, you know, you start hearing this click, clack, click, clack. And I look behind and a guy is leading this blind guy into the game. So I'm like, you know, I'm, a bunch of us are like, hey, hey, let's get out of the way. Blind guy coming through. And. <laughs> He starts, he walks past us, and one of his friends leans over to me. He's like, He's not blind. And it's like, What? He's wearing a poncho. And he's like, I got three cowbells and four flasks of whiskey under that poncho. <laughs> <laughs> and 
He went up there and Cobra Security just let him pass right on through. <laughs> like that is genius. Oh my gosh. That'd have made that story a lot better. Ah. Uh, Reed Green says my first egg bowl memory was seeing state win. Of seeing seeing state win was when Norwood ran wild and that 35-14 beat down in 05. And my mom saying, we need to leave early to avoid the drunk old Miss fans. <laughs> Your mom knew. My other favorite memory, still from Reed Green, was taking my friend from Maryland to his first ever egg bowl in 2013. We ended up moving to the first row behind the Ole Miss bench when Wallace fumbled, and the highlight was seeing the Ole Miss band and cheerleaders crying after the game. No crying in football. What's going on? Uh, Peyton Dungan, 2013 Egg Bowl. I was with, I was in high school and went up to watch the game with my brother, who was a student. It was very cold, and my brother's roommate's grandmother brought a flask of brandy into the game. Dogs were not whiskey, brandy. <laughs> And it was grandma who's like, just take a little sip of this and it'll warm you right up. She's coming in with a decanter. <laughs> Peyton also saw the uh, this decanter in there. Going to have going to have some cookies too. Yeah, yeah. They had the uh, the butter cookies in the tin. Yeah. Yes, tea cakes. Yeah, yeah. My, my grandmother makes those every single week. Peyton Duncan made the uh, 2019 egg balls while he saw the piss in the mist live with his dad. Uh, Will Stanford, favorite egg ball memory, 1999. Here we go. The night was so cold and nasty as my mo- brothers, my parents, and I huddled in the stands to watch three and a half quarters of State's offensive futility. Something told us to stay, and the victory was oh so sweet. That's a good one. You always have to stay. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, Matt Haynes says, two favorite egg ball memories. The first was being at the 99 game with my wife, dad, and my brother, of course, Brad Haynes. Unbelievable how wide open C.J. Sermon was. When Clinton intercepted that ball, we all went crazy. Matt also says, my next favorite memory was 07. was at the game with my two oldest sons, and it was their first game. Told my boys the game was over in the fourth quarter. My oldest said there wasn't because there was still time on the clock. We were about to run, walk out when Pegues ran the punt back for a touchdown. We ran back to our seats with my son screaming, I told you, Dad, the whole way. Kids are smart. See, that's what I tried to tell my dad when we left the 99 Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, Rob Chittam, 99. My dad and I decided to leave, got to the car to eat, and turn on the radio as Jack called Simone's touchdown. We immediately walked back to the stadium and made it in time to rush the field and watch the goalposts come down and stayed to see the teams leave. Brad Haynes says, my favorite memory was when Pig Prather fumbled the punt. My dad was ticked and made us leave. When we got to the north end zone, we were able to see the field goal to win it, and we went crazy. Well, there you go. Uh, And our last couple ones here. Uh, Mangum Cafe 2013 was super cold and full of emotions. Watching Chris Jones tackle Robert Kimdiche was really cool. Damian Williams standing in the face of the Ole Miss defensive tackle was legit. Dak being Dak and Nico's taunt won the day, though. I, I still would love to know. I, I, there's a few people who know. I One day I'm going to find out what Nico said to Bo Wallace there. I want to know. Uh, Maybe he'll put it in a, in a rap song or something. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. Will Basden says it doesn't get better than Wallacing. I remember when Wallacing was a thing. And then last but not least, David Wilson says 2013, 31-23. I'm sorry, 2010, 31-23 with a cowbell in the vault. Good times. Some good memories in there, guys. All right. Uh, Before we go, let's just do a quick, I mean, I didn't get to watch the basketball game last night. We were recording during it, and then by the time it finished up, 
I was I was just getting out of here setting setting everything up. Um, again, it's super early. It's super early, and this team certainly has some flaws. Right, they're not a great shooting team. They nearly gave that game away last night at the free throw line. But to get a win over a program like Marquette and to play defense, they held them to what seventeen points in the in the first yeah. half, something like yep. that. You, you you got something going here. And people are starting to get excited. There's a little little rumble, little little anticipation. Got to keep these wins coming. But if you can get through this non-conference pretty unscathed, those first couple of home games, you know, that you've got Alabama and Ole Miss, you got a chance to to see some people in the hump, I think. Yeah, really interested um on these next few games because you know it's always sparse at these holiday games that they have, but mm-hmm. You know, I, I could see a, a relatively big crowd uh, for the next couple of games. I, I just think that state fans are starting to get excited about basketball again just because this team plays extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And you can live with those mistakes on the offensive end when you're going down and defending your butt off on the defensive end. Right. I, I didn't think that Shaq Moore made good decisions down the um, stretch last night offensively, mm-hmm. and he missed some bunnies in the lane. But what did he do after he missed that layup in the final seconds? Whenever they stripped the ball, stole the ball, of course he had another ill-advised shot. But he really defended hard and played really hard. You can't fault a guy for that. And I thought the whole team did that. I mean, it's just it's really fun to watch them play because last year you saw a lot of late-arriving guys at the three-point line. Yeah. A lot of, they couldn't switch really well defensively. This team switches well. They close out really well on defense. They got active hands. They're stripping the ball away. I think they lead the country or top five in the country in steals. It's one of the best defenses in the country early. And Mm -hmm. like I said, it is early. But they've played some good teams. Three of the teams I think they've played so far were NCAA tournament teams last year. Yeah. So you're not playing a bunch of scrubs. You're not playing Mississippi Valley and teams like that. They will play those teams, but that's not who you played so far. You're proving this against good teams. I think this team's going to get better and better. The fact that they've started off playing like this at the front end of the schedule is really it should it should be something that really um, excites Mississippi State fans because this is just the beginning. So this is the foundation that you're laying. It shows you just how good of a coach that Chris Jans is. I'm trying not to get you know too you know out over the skis over this team, but I really think that you can see the the makings of a great program under Chris Jans with how they've played so far. Yeah, like I said, it's super early, but the early returns are, are very promising because of the kind of basketball they're playing. If they're going to play defense like this, you know that eventually the shooting is going to come as he continues to recruit players. You know, you, that's something you can build off. If you're going to play defense at this level and with this kind of energy, that's something that that's going to that's going to be with you every game because it's something you can dictate, right? You you. You can't dictate if the ball goes into the net. You can't dictate what the other team's going to do. You can dictate and you can't control your own effort and your own energy and your and your own enthusiasm. And if they're going to play it with this kind of, of energy and enthusiasm all year long, that not only is it, are you going to win games, but you're going to attract fans because they they we talk about this all the time, right? That fans want the players and the coaches to bleed maroon and white the same way that they do. So if you see a team like this that's that's really getting after it, you're going to buy into that. So good stuff there. And then on the women's side, you know, the, their one loss in the season to South Dakota State, 
South Dakota State just beat Louisville last night, the number 10 team in the country, by by double digits. So, yeah. I mean, that team is also – I feel like they're playing well. They're starting to figure some things out. They, they I think they are a more talented team than the men. You know, with Hayes and and and, and Carter, you've got two real players there that, that, that can be all SEC caliber. So I think they, they'll continue to figure things out as well. But John Cohen's coaching hiring, you know, we, we can debate that all day, but he seems to have, and it's like I said, it's very early on. And we could, you know, come back in a couple months and go, what the hell's going on? But right now, it looks like things are going in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I, I think both of those hires were just fantastic hires from, from John Cohen with uh, Sam Purcell and Chris Jans. And there's there's a lot to prove uh, for both coaches. They haven't played anybody in the SEC yet. Mm. They're just uh, f- five games in. But you're starting to see signs of uh, two coaches that really get it, that know how to build a program, and um, that know how to coach. So mm-hmm. I, I like so far, I like what I've seen. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, and it's three Ps. Uh, we'll be talking about Mississippi State and Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl, the battle for the Golden Egg. Call it whatever you will. Lane Kiffin send-off, we shall soon see if that is the case. And then for Mississippi State, a chance to get back on the winning side of this rivalry and return the Golden Neck Trophy to Starkville. We'll have the full preview on tomorrow's show. Sports Talk Mississippi, I I, I def- desperately suggest that you either subscribe to the podcast and catch it this week because we have so many great interviews, or you subscribe to the Super Talk YouTube channel where you can go back and just watch those clips. You don't want to miss the interviews. We, we had them on Monday with Nick Fitzgerald, with DeCenzo Miller, with Bo Russell and John Darnell. A lot of great MSU stuff in there. And then today we're going to talk to Jim Ellis and to Neil Price, so they'll have some great stories for us. I say today, I meant Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I know we have Vic Ballard lined up, and we, I, got, I may have a few more uh, a few more fishing poles out there to try to get a couple more Bulldogs on the air with us this week. In case you are wondering about Thursday, it's only an hour of, of broadcast window before the, the pregame show starts. So there will just be a best of show. We'll recap some stuff from the weekend. But our Wednesday show is where Richard, Michael, and I will preview everything and give you our predictions for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Guys, have a great uh, Wednesday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Thursday on Thanksgiving Day. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.